Avengers! Assemble. The world outside your window is not great right now, but everything is super here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler. It is my great pleasure to introduce you to a new podcast we're doing here on Post Show Recaps. Everything is super because nothing is except for this podcast. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm your I'm your host here. I'm joined here by my dear, dear friend who will be my co-host, my my partner in crime throughout this adventure. Uh, if you're a Post Show Recaps regular of the superhero coverage we've put out here on Post Show Recaps in the past, then you know this man for sure. Been a minute since we've heard from him on the horn, but you'll be hearing a lot more from him in the weeks ahead. It is the one, the only, Kevin Mahadeo. Kevin, my least favorite, favorite person. How are you, my friend? Woo! What is up, Josh? It has been a while. I'm very excited to be here. The Captain America to your Hawkeye. Um, I'm Hawkeye? <laughs> no, no, no. I just I have, doesn't mess with you. I have terrible <laughs> eyesight. I don't think anyone wants to trust me with like being the sharpshooter. Uh, I think that would make us both be failures at any heroism is because of our classes and terrible eyesight. I don't recommend either of us get into like true super heroics unless uh, some sort of like toxic sludge gives us powers. Like yeah. other- otherwise like the best we can do is just be heroes in our lives. Kevin, I'm a hero to my dog and that's really all the heroism I think I'm capable of. <laughs> that's all the hero. Well, hopefully we're going to, we're going to be providing some heroism to, uh, to the people here on post show recaps. If you're new to post show recaps, welcome aboard. This is a, a podcast where we're mostly talking scripted TV, but from time to time we talk about movies as well. And that's going to be the big thrust of what we're doing here on this podcast, at least for the first little while we're calling it. Everything is super. Uh, obviously if you are listening to this close to the date that we are recording it, we are recording this on March 31st, 2020. The world is hurting right now. Uh, things are not exactly super in the world today. Uh, people are home. People are trying to stay safe as uh, there's so much stress and uncertainty in the times that we're living in. And one way that we can manage some of that stress is turning to the things we love, turning to the things that give us joy, uh, that we can that we can still engage in in a, in a safe manner. Uh, for myself, for Kevin, uh, that's fiction. Uh, that's storytelling. And in a big way, that superhero storytelling is is very fundamental and foundational to the two of us as people who engage in pop culture. And so we're going to bring some of that to you here. This is something that Kevin and I have been talking about for a long time. And people have been asking about for a long time here uh, in the Post Show Recaps community. Something for us to be doing to think about is like full-blown Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch. Why aren't you doing it? Why hasn't it happened yet? Can you please make that happen? Well, guess what? We're about to do it. We're doing full-scale Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch, and it's happening here on Everything is Super, and it's going to be from me and Kevin to your ears. And hopefully, that is something to be happy about. Hopefully, that news is super. I mean, I am certainly happy about it. Also, I have to admit, Josh, you're in that lead-up. I thought you were leading up to talking about me, the thing that you love and are happy to be with. But, you know, it's fine. Marvel movies are just as good, I suppose. I would say probably uh, it goes, for me, uh, pizza... Emily, my cats, uh, full Kiwis, Marvel movies, and then Kevin. 
Those are Full my kiwis. Those are my priorities in life these days. Oh, Lost is above all of that, which I know makes you very happy, Kevin. That does. That breaks my heart. I'm I'm very upset about that. <laughs> As we're about to take a down the hatch approach to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Kevin will be here every week, discouraging you from listening to our Lost coverage on post show recaps. Not a Lost fan. Perhaps we will do a crossover someday where we will convince you. Uh, that is that is far in the future. Uh, no, Kevin, you are a, a dear friend of mine, and I I, I know I want to get into a bit of our own origin stories here uh, in this first podcast. But let's let's establish some business first. So here's what we're doing. Uh, everything is super. This is going to be the post show recap space to talk about anything in the superhero realm. But we're primarily focused on uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe to to begin with. This is going to be an MCU rewatch. Uh, we've gotten some questions about this as we've been teasing this out on social media. So to answer. We are doing this in release order. We are not doing this in chronological order. We are watching the movies in the order in which they were released, which means our first movie up is going to be Iron Man, the OG Marvel Studios, Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. It'll be followed by The Incredible Hulk, believe it or not. That will be very compelling to do. It will be followed by (laughs) Iron Man 2. It will be followed by Thor. It'll be followed by Captain America, the first Avengers. Uh, Then we'll get to The Avengers. And that is phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's what we're promising for now, that Kevin and I are going to get through phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for sure. Uh, You know, circumstances of the world pending. Uh, Let's hope for sure we are going to be able to get through phase one. That shouldn't be such a tall order universe. We should be able to do that. Uh, But that is the plan. We're definitely going to get you through phase one. And then let's see how how this is going. Are, Are we all having fun? Are Kevin and I having fun? Are you having fun? You out there, uh, a true believer listening to this podcast? Because if the answer to all of those questions is yes, then we will keep going. We'll go phase by phase. Hopefully, people will like it. Hopefully, we'll keep it up. And then if we get through the entire, what is it, 22 film? Uh, uh, I believe it is 22 films, yes. <laughs> if not 23. You know, it's, a, it's a, just, a, just a scooch over 20. Uh, if we get through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe over the, the course of the weeks that it would take for us to do that, uh, and, you know, the pie in the sky is that there's so much more that we can do. Uh, someone joked, like, are you going to do are you going to do the Fox Fantastic Four <laughs> movies? It's like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, we may get there someday. Yeah. Uh, technically, you know, they are Disney films now. They are technically Disney films right now. You know, there's the X-Men movies. Also, technically Disney films. Yeah. That Disney <laughs> owns Fox. There's, uh, you know, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. There's OG Christopher Reeves Superman, which I know you would be really excited about, Kevin. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> you just got my heart palpitating in a gray way. <laughs> you know, there's there's the, we could, you know, we could depending on how excited people got about this, depending how excited you and I got about this. There's there's just like the sky is the limit. There's the CW stuff. We could find a way to chunk that down. Like there's just a nonstop stuff that we could possibly do. Uh, so I'm really excited about the potential here. We've always wanted to do like a dedicated superhero spot on post show recaps and just haven't either had like the time or the right idea for it. This feels like the right time. This feels like the right idea. Um, some more business for you is we're going to have uh, a podcast feed on Apple uh, that you can subscribe to. It's not up yet. It's going to take an episode or two before we can get that up and running. But if you want to just get ready to bookmark that, postshowrecaps.com slash super will be your way to, to get to our Apple feed. But you'll be able to subscribe to us however you get your podcasts. For now, the main Post Show Recaps feed is a great way of doing that. Just subscri- subscribe to Post Show Recaps wherever you get that. Um, you'll also be able to email us uh, your feedback because we're going to want to hear from you all along the way. We're setting up an email, uh, a special email for feedback, super at postshowrecaps.com. Very easy to remember, super at postshowrecaps.com. Send us your feedback. There's going to be very specific stuff 
that we are going to be doing here along the way that is going to require your involvement. We'll get into that later on in this episode. Uh, and of course, we're on the Twitters. I'm at Round Howard, like uh, Howard Stark, but rounder. Uh, and Kevin, how do people find you on Twitter? Uh, I'm at Kev Mahadeo. That's just KV. And then my last name, no, does no period is nothing, but that is where you can find all my mad ramblings, basically. Right, so mad ramblings on Twitter at Kev Mahadeo. And of course, at Post Show Recaps is our Twitter account for Post Show Recaps. So that's the business. That's the business. That's the mission statement, Kevin. We're doing, yeah. phase, we're doing phase one. No, it's I like it. A marvelous time here. I think we'll be able to do this. I worry that if we hit phase two, we'll lose everyone at the dark world. <laughs> no. Everyone during the dark world is just going to be like, we're out. We don't want to listen to this anymore. So, so. so let, let me tell you that. So Mike Bloom and I do down the hatch, the lost rewatch podcast uh, here on Poster recaps. Uh, and we are uh, m- not quite midway through season two at this point. Uh, and we've encountered a few episodes that are like the, Oh God, this is either like a really boring <laughs> episode of lost or like an outright, not good episode of lost. And often those provide like the best uh, arenas for commentary. Uh, so I think like we'll get to some of the the movies in the MCU that aren't so good uh, in, a, in a far off future where we are still alive and podcasting. Kevin, we'll get to like Zack Snyder DC stuff. And like even that will be fun to podcast. About. Oh, that will be so much fun for you me know, to talk like, about. <laughs> you know, we're we're gonna be all right here. I think as long as we're having fun talking about the thing, I think people are gonna be having a good time. Um, so, so yeah, so that's what we're going to do. We're going yeah. to talk about superhero movies. We're going to, we're going to focus on the MCU to begin with. And you're all with us, whether you like it or not. You, now that you're listening to this podcast, you're not allowed to turn it off. You're honorary Avengers now, uh, alongside of us as we go on to this journey. You are the West coast Avengers to our main team. If we end up as earth's mightiest heroes, then there's a real problem just to bring it back to what we were talking about before. Uh, that's, that's, that's going to be no good. All right, let's get into some origin story. Uh, I, I assume that many people who are listening to this are already post-show recaps familiars. Uh, if you are not, if you're just stumbling into this and this is your first exposure to us because you're like, oh, a new Marvel Cinematic Universe rewatch podcast. That seems like something I should be investigating. Uh, let's do some intros. I'm Josh. I'm Josh Wiggler. Hi. Uh, Kevin calls me Josh sometimes. Uh, he probably will on this podcast from time to time. Uh, but I'm Josh. I am uh, one of the primary hosts here on Post Show Recaps. I am an entertainment reporter. Uh, I uh, am currently employed at The Hollywood Reporter, where I cover TV primarily. Um, But much of my history as a journalist uh, in this space has been through comic books and superheroes. Uh, Got my start at a little place called Wizard Magazine, uh, which maybe you read once upon a time. Uh, working, working in the warehouse, uh, box, right, box, right. boxing up your toys and comics. And then eventually being your customer service rep, uh, who fielded your angry phone calls, uh, before shimmying over to the editorial department, working at wizarduniverse.com alongside the great Jim Gibbons, who has been on post show recaps in the past. And I'm sure we will have, uh, on here from time to time, uh, as well as many other people from the wizard universe, uh, because that is where Kevin and I met. Uh, Kevin and I met at Wizard Magazine a long time ago in this very galaxy, over a decade ago now at this point. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) That makes me so old. (laughs) Uh, And and my journey towards that was being somebody who just loved, uh, you know, loved action movies mostly as a kid, loved all sorts of like, you know, crazy fantasy stories, uh, really enjoyed comic books. My entryway to superhero stuff was typically through like the cartoon world, animated world, like the animated Spider-Man was my jam. Uh, the, you know, the nineties Spider-Man, the nineties X-Men, Batman, the animated series. Like I would not miss an episode of any of that stuff. Um, somehow I have not seen any of the animated justice league really. 
which could be a, a, a big blind spot that we'll have to Josh. at some point down the line. Josh. I know, I know, because you're a big DC guy, and I'm really not. I am much more of a Marvel guy, but I'm more of a of, of like the cartoons and um, you know, was reading comics as a kid, but not in like a very prolific way. Um, I'm much more familiar these days with uh, with you know Marvel comics lore than I was even as a kid. And the the stuff that really uh, you know gets me going when it comes to Marvel is in large part the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This was a series of movies that was starting to unfold um, at the same time that my career was starting to unfold. Uh, so as like a man child, this is my Star Wars. Like as a as as somebody who like got out of college and started working in in this industry and at at a really low level, um, Iron Man was starting to come out, uh, and I have been able to track like the my own professional and personal growth as like somebody who was like fresh out of college to being somebody who's you know been married for several years now at this point uh and has you know gotten to do some really cool stuff in my job with the evolution of the mcu as well so this is very nostalgic for me to like a point in time that's like not terribly far ago but like also is like far enough that it's going to feel like pretty exciting to revisit some like life milestones along the way um but kevin tell tell us who you are and what your what your origin story is with the superhero field uh and and how it got to you and i colliding uh to the point where we are now about to launch this podcast uh as a young boy in a small town of new york city um i i, I got well, i was gonna start by saying uh i i am a new york jew as so many in the <laughs> in the the comic book space are uh but go for it yeah. Um, so I got into superhero stuff at a pretty young age. Um, my grandmother showed me the Christopher Reeve um, Superman movie as a kid, and I just fell in love with it immediately. And so Superman, because of that, is like my favorite uh, character um, in comics uh, and, and a lot of entertainment. So I'm a big fan of Superman. That's how I kind of got hooked. Um, but after that, like, it's weird because because of Superman and hilariously Kermit the frog, as I've told many people, this, I got into journalism. Um, so like that became like a weird career path for me. <laughs> how, how did Kermit the frog get you into journalism? Because it needs to be answered instantly. I, I I'm going to applaud the people who, who, who know the answer already, but because um, when he was on Sesame street, Kermit would sometimes do these segments where he would be a, a news reporter and he would report from places like old McDonald's farm, um, and I love Kermit. And so seeing him in, in, in that position and seeing Superman as a reporter, the, the two kind of linked in my head as a kid. So, uh, yeah, Kermit used to be a reporter amongst many other professions that he had. Uh, wasn't he also a reporter in uh, Great Muppet Caper, uh, him and Fozzie, uh, possibly? That, that sounds right, but it's been a long time. Uh, but yeah. what can Kermit do? You know, he's, I know uh, he's he's a multi very talented. Rock. <laughs> uh, very talented. All right. So through Kermit, you got it. Yes. Becoming a reporter. Yeah. And so like that, that, that tracked me when in through college and everything like that. So my two worlds collide, uh, growing up, you know, I got into the superhero stuff. I got really into the DC stuff, especially Superman, Batman. Um, I am a huge, huge, huge fan of the DC, uh, animated series, Batman, the animated series, Superman, the animated series and justice league, which now Josh, that might, might have to be another podcast at some point we're going to do because I think it's worth it, but it's a long ways from now, but maybe. it is, it is. Um, but at the same time I got into comics and I did like you when the, uh, Spider-Man animated series in the nineties and the X-Men animated series, I got so hooked on that. So as much as I like DC, I also was very, very much hooked on the Marvel stuff through there. Um, ended up reading a ton of comics and then those two worlds led me to wizard basically because, uh, I knew I wanted to be a journalist at the time and I knew I wanted to write and that 
immediately made well if you like comics and you like nerd stuff and you want to write where do you go so that led me straight to wizard magazine which you know as a as a, as a young uh bright-eyed uh boy leaving college seemed like a great idea and in retrospect it was a good idea in the connections and friends and people i've made have been some of the longest friends i've had i mean between you and jim and ricky and 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 everyone else like i there's a ton of people i still am close friends with there um but that is where i check made. a lot of people that the that the royal you have no idea who they are so just be prepared for that we will try and rein it in as best <laughs> as we can yeah sorry about that um no, perfect to the ones who are definitely not listening to this <laughs> i just name checked <laughs> they are not listening to us but um yeah, and that's where we met, uh, was at Wizard, um, working specifically. I think you, me, and Jim did a lot of stuff for the website at a certain point. I think that's where uh, the three of us especially bonded, and it's I, so weird. I don't know if I've ever told you, but I remember the very first time I ever laid eyes on you, Kevin Mahadev. Oh my god, I don't think you've ever told me this. Holy shit, I'm afraid now. Uh, so, so I got my start at Wizard uh, working in the fulfillment department, which was the warehouse, and it was you know boxing up, like I said, boxing up comics, boxing up toys, shipping them out. Um, and it was, it was a foot in the door. Like I, I got out of uh, college, um, having my, my love for comics really, uh, a real shot in the arm. And I think a way that a lot of people my age, uh, got it with like the vertigo comic stuff, like preacher, uh, you know, reading Watchmen, just like getting an introduction to like some of the more, uh, mainstream mature comics. Um, and I mean, preacher's not really mature, but you know, <laughs> I mean, but it's for, it's for older readers. Uh, you know, viewer discretion advised. Um, and I, I knew that I wanted to tell stories. I, I felt really strongly that I wanted to write my own material. And I, I got down this road of like, I want to be a comic book writer for a little while. Uh, and I was able to, to get this opening at, at Wizard through somebody that I knew. And I said, like, listen, if anything ever opens up, like, I really, like, anything that you think I would be a fit for, uh, I would very happily do it. And so this fulfillment, uh, department, uh, position opened up, and so I was able to get that. So that's my foot in the door into like everything else that I've been able to do uh, in my in my professional life. Um, and one day, pretty early on in uh, in my time at at Wizard, uh, the, you know, there was like this big warehouse. It's like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, was was the was the where was the where full of nerd memorabilia things that people utterly have been locked loaded. away, <laughs> utterly loaded with stuff. Uh, and, uh, like the, the fulfillment department was like a really tight knit group of people, uh, who I sadly have lost mostly, uh, touch with. Uh, but we were, we were a really tight knit group of people and the editorial department, uh, you guys were obviously all really, really tight as well. Um, but there wasn't a ton of overlap between these two realms. There wasn't a ton of overlap between, uh, the fulfillment and editorial department. Uh, but the way that the building was set up was, uh, you could, you would park near the back of wizard headquarters. Uh, and there would be uh, an entrance to get into the building by the warehouse. So oftentimes people would like park near the warehouse. And they would walk through the warehouse to, to get towards the editorial department. First time I ever laid eyes on Kevin Mahadeo was through this way. Uh, Kevin Mahadeo walking through and Kevin, you may not know it, but you've got a strut. You've got a walk about you. <laughs> I don't know this. <laughs> You've got a strut. You just sort of have a like a very curious way of walking where like you have this you have this curiosity in your eyes as you're surveying the world. Uh, <laughs> you're ready for any possibility. You've got strong feelings about any possibility that's headed your way. Uh, and you were walking in that way with a coffee in your hand. Uh, I think you were wearing an earring at the time. Oh, God. Oh, no, no, no. You remember that. You're 100 percent wearing an earring at the time. And he had a leather jacket and he had like, 
you had like a side bag, uh, like Jack Bauer has his, his Jack Bauer satchel. And I just remember like locking eyes with you, but not knowing you at all. And we didn't say anything. And it just felt like whoever this guy is must be a real big deal. <laughs> or, or at least in his world, believe in my world, yes, <laughs> be a big deal. And I, I have that. That's a very indelible image in my mind because once I I uh, got hired into the editorial department working on the website, uh, you were one of my first friends in that realm, uh, and have become you know not just one of my closest friends from from Wizard, but one of my closest friends in my life. Like anytime I come out. To California, uh, which is relatively often in, under normal circumstances uh, for my job, uh, I like I am your your uh, third roommate. Uh, you know, I, I I I live with Kevin and Kevin's partner Robin when I come out to to LA, and your dog Gus, who gets so excited that he pees on me when I show up. Uh, He's very happy to see you from time to time. So I'll I'll never forget that first image of you, Kevin, because you've become such an important person in my life. And it's my great hope that uh, you're already a very important person in the lives of many, uh, not the least of whom are listeners of Post Show Recaps who have heard you on. You and I have gone on to podcast about a lot of the Marvel Netflix shows. We've podcast about um, not quite all of Daredevil, I don't think, but most of it. Uh, a lot of Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. We've talked about a lot of Marvel movies here in the past. We've talked some DC movies here in the past. You've you know, got... Uh, I would say probably like two dozen post-show recaps appearances easily, if not more than that. So there are definitely people listening to this who are really psyched to have you back on a more regular basis. But I'm really excited for people to get to know you really well because you're a ridiculous human being. Uh, <laughs> and you're one of my absolute favorite people on the planet. And to, to get to, to embark on this during a really uncertain time with one of uh, you know, my closest friends, who's, you know, more, more like family than a, than a friend to me, is just the absolute best. Uh, so, so I'm really psyched. So like, that's like the dynamic that you and I are coming into this with. I'm going to bag on you and give you a lot of shit all along the way. And I'm sure you're going to do the same. And it's, it's really like, you're much more like a brother than you are a podcast partner or a friend to me. So this is going to be really, really fun. And I'm really excited about it. Oh, God, Josh. Well, first of all, um, as, as people will know, I feel super like just, uh, emotional overwhelmed on all of that, but, uh, I really appreciate it. I'm also, um, hard to to express emotions <laughs> i will it's say all to get you to cry by the end of this. <laughs> not the end of this episode today but by the end of this whole thing if i could do that then mission accomplished but uh no you are right i mean like we we've become in, incredibly incredibly close i will say like what's funny is that i i sadly i'm sorry do not remember that meeting between us but oh, yeah. your description was, of me I was is very spot nervous. on yeah no no spot it, it, on 100 percent happened 100 yeah. percent happened i was you, you had like a starbucks coffee because there was the starbucks on the way to wizard it's like yep that guy is either a big deal or believes he's a big deal that's 100 percent accurate leather jacket <laughs> bag everything i think we're still waiting to find out uh <laughs> the world may never know <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, so, Kevin, what what do you do now? You still work in the pop culture space? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So after Wizard and after our meeting, um, I do remember us becoming friends over um, Bubba Gump Shrimp Company in uh, Times Square while talking about Survivor, which bonded us, I think, forever and always. Yes. But after Kevin's after Wizard, guy. yes, I am uh, loving this season. Um, but uh, after after Wizard, I, I did a bunch of different things. I ended up freelancing for a while, but I'm still in the pop culture zone. I actually. Worked for a bit for DC Comics, which was great. Um, behind the scenes, learning how the sausage was made. Um, and now I'm in pop culture marketing, specifically in entertainment marketing. So I do a lot of stuff for campaigns, for uh, various streaming services and stuff that you may have seen. You may have seen some of the stuff I've done 
um, uh, in terms of that uh, out and about. I won't name drop any of them for many reasons, but uh, that's mainly what I do now. But I will say, like Josh, I uh, I am a wannabe writer. Um, uh, it is a big passion of mine that I'm hoping to explore more, uh, especially in the comic book world. I'd love to break into comics. I'm I'm, I'm kind of pulling a page from. Uh, uh, I, I'm sorry to mis- 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 mispronounce his name, but uh, uh, Simu Liu, who is now cast as Shang-Chi who got famous for doing so by tweeting out, call me Marvel. And they did. Um, Have you tweeted that yet? Have you tweeted call me Marvel? Uh, I haven't, but I might after all of this. We'll see. Uh, But yeah, put it out into the world. I, I, uh, I would love to write, but I love what I do as well. So, um, that's a little bit general background here. Um, I have a dog named Gus. He's incredible. Um, my girlfriend, Robin, who is uh, not going to appear in the podcast, but has appeared by name uh, in a couple of our previous ones. If you have heard of her before, if you've listened to our Daredevil it's, it's show. It's funny because <laughs> I was going to say the Robin to your Batman, but really you are the Robin to Robin's Batman. That is accurate. She's very much, much more <laughs> like, uh, yeah, if I was any sort of like Superman is she's the Batman where we have a, a uh, in my opinion, the 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 bonding friendship and, and, and respect and love for each other, but definitely one is clearly more level-headed than the other. <laughs> There's one I trust in a catastrophe and I'm not talking to that person right now. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's where we're at. Um, Kevin, Iron Man was coming out uh, while you and I were at Wizard. Um, I remember this very well because I remember Iron Man came out and the Dark Knight was coming out and we were still there. This was before uh, mm-hmm. you know things started to happen where people were no longer at Wizard. <laughs> uh, I, maybe that'll come up. We'll see. Uh, that cer- certainly should not be a focus. But uh, that summer, um, you know, Dark Knight was taking the world by storm. Um, Dark Knight was being taken like really seriously as like a, an Oscar contender. Certainly after everything um, that had happened uh, to to Heath Ledger and his performance just kind of becoming legendary. Um, and then Marvel had put out Iron Man, which was this like staggeringly fun movie that was like this electric money making blockbuster. Um, that was really surprising and obviously is the the reason why we're about to be talking about all of the stuff we're going to be talking about. Um, but like it was Robert Downey Jr. He was not in any way, shape or form the big deal that he he became because of Iron Man. Of course, he's, you know, household name, and but not for like reasons he would be psyched about most likely uh, with, with a lot of great accomplishments under his name. But, you know, at that point, mostly known for the drama surrounding him. But Iron Man was was out. It has that uh, Samuel L. Jackson tease at the end of it that's hinting towards a larger universe, the Avengers Initiative. Uh, and that was all very exciting. But I still think that we were probably, as a culture, like ingrained to be more excited about something that was like, I don't know, like Scor- a Scorsese-ish approach to superheroes like The Dark Knight. And not to besmirch The Dark Knight. You know, I was watching some of that the other day. And, it's, you know, in many ways still holds up tremendously well in some ways holds up less well than uh, perhaps uh, is remembered. Uh, but there was an editor at wizard as we were doing like our, our best of the year or best of the summer. I now. was going to bring this up. I'm glad that you did. Cause you remember it too. I definitely remember this. And his name was Mike Cotton. Yep. Um, Mike Cotton, who I believe works at DC or has worked at DC. He, do, he does work at DC. still. He yes. works at DC still. Uh, and he pushed really hard and I think got the final ruling on the field, considering his role within uh, editorial to say the best superhero movie of that year was Iron Man over the dark Knight. And like, I remember feeling, and I was like a lowly piece of shit. So like, I didn't get to have a real voice in the room, but I remember being like, 
really? We're going Iron Man over Dark Knight? Like, this had Joker? Um, it was a heated debate, Josh. Like, a lot of us, because, like, I was a writer, and there was a bunch of other writers, and we debated for a long, long time, back yeah. and forth, back and forth. And um, I was very curious because, like, it, I, 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 at the moment you said we should do this, I thought about that podcast, and I thought, or that podcast, that, that article that we wrote, yeah. that meeting, um, and, like, thought to myself, is that the case? Like, because I fought for the Dark Knight, and, like, now I don't know if I would make the same arguments in the same way. Uh, it's really fascinating. I think what you could say... I think that you can battle the question of which one is the better movie still. Uh, I think that that could be a fun conversation to have someday. I don't think we need to relitigate it now, but I think as far as which movie had more impact and which movie uh, moved the needle culturally, I think that it's inarguable uh, that it's Iron Man. Uh, The Marvel cinematic universe changed movies probably in some ways for the worse, uh, like as universal, like tried to put out its dark universe uh, <laughs> of like its monster movies. And they were like announcing a cinematic universe and it went absolutely nowhere uh, to, you know, some people really like them, but I think that you couldn't argue that the DC cinematic universe has had like the same level of cohesion at the very least as, as the MCU, what happened with Marvel studios and starting with Iron Man really, uh, and one of the reasons why I think that this is going to be at, at the very least, if not like the extent of what we end up doing, but certainly the starting point of what we're doing is there's a serialization to these movies where it's less instructive to look at Iron Man as a trilogy of films as it is to look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe as like a series, as a, 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 like a, a gigantic, gigantic TV show uh, with all of these different episodes and all of these different characters who collide from time to time. Um, there is a real serialized quality to what Marvel ended up doing, thanks in no small part to Iron Man, which we're going to get into in great detail next week as our as our first movie up here. We're still just talking generally, but I think just like if you can reflect a little bit on what that may have even like slightly looked like back in 2008 uh, versus where we are now in 2020, 12 years and 20 some odd movies later. I think, you know, it's, it's, I've thought so much about this recently because as we just um, lie at home with nothing else to think about, my mind will wander to comic books and stuff often. And I've thought a lot about, you know, those discussions about um, the impact of Iron Man and, and the Marvel Cinematic Universe compared to the, the DC Cinematic Universe. I do think you hit a very interesting point and especially in the reflection of it all. I do think in a way, uh, Marvel, you know, Iron Man had the bigger impact because it launched the cinematic universe. But it's really bizarre because the Dark Knight, I think, also had a massive impact in that it inevitably led to what we received in the DC extended universe. Now, say what you will about how that turned out. I have my opinion and it's not good towards the DC uh, movies, but it's very clearly influenced by the Dark Knight and that direction. Um but looking at what Marvel has built, I mean, it's it's incredible. And, and thinking back, and I think to loop it all together, I think that was to show how little we really understood what was about to happen in a way is that the discussion wasn't even about like, oh, which is, you know, which movie is the comic book one, which is, you know, which is which is going to have lasting impact, which means what we were just straight up looking at it as like, well, which is a better structured movie and, and which is the better film. And to an extent in my head, I think it might still be the dark Knight as a film. Um, but as a comic book movie, now that I'm looking back at everything and everything that's happened as a comic book movie, as a movie, 
that that reflects the superhero genre as we knew it in the comics. It's Iron Man by far. I, I think it's almost unquestionable at this point now. And what Iron Man has done, you talked about the serialization and and if we, you know, we'll get to this. This is my early early take before we do the full re- rewatch, but my early take right now is that Endgame is probably the greatest um comic book superhero movie in existence. Wow. And and I say that because big words it is it is and it's weird because like as a comic book reader and like um this is something they 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 took the essence of what comics are and translated to the screen everyone always thought about like adapting adapting right like that was alan moore's always big argument is that if something is written for one medium you can't just take that and adapt it to another medium because that's not the purpose and in a way the marvel cinematic universe took what Alan said and, and, and did something different. They took the essence of what comics are, which are these serialized stories, but each focusing on its own character within the same world and had them, their own tales, their own journeys, their own pathos, and then brought them together for these huge events. And as a comic book reader, you know, sometimes you're just like, Oh crap, this event's happening. I have to go and read all these other issues I missed. And everything the Avengers did leading up to Endgame, Endgame, which was the alt, it's the secret invasion. It, it is the, you know, the the um uh that, I can't believe that's the only one that's coming to my civil war almost but it's it's the that version of of a com- of comics that people wouldn't have thought possible but everything that happened watching these films anyone who has watched these films essentially experienced what comics are yeah um in a way that I think nothing else has come close to doing uh so that that's my weird reflection rant on it because like thinking about it like I thought a lot about that where I'm like my God they successfully made comic books into like entered like you know movie entertainment in a way that really reflects what the medium can be both amazing at and sometimes terrible at because sometimes these events are bad and they they're not ideal but i think they did they did it perfectly with this stuff um and i think a big piece of that is because these uh you know there's individual directors and writers obviously who are involved in everything but it is it is basically under the hive mind of uh, the baseball cap wearing gentleman named Kevin Feige, who at the time, um, you know, had uh, big movie credits to his name, um, but certainly was not, uh, you know, the powerhouse that he that he is that he has led uh, the MCU to making. I don't have exact box office figures in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that the the twenty some odd MCU movies combined have made somewhere <laughs> in the realm of a gajillion dollars, uh, maybe even like forty, seventy five billion, bajillion, gazillion. I think that that's a number. Jeff Bezos money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, true. Like forget MCU. This is FU money. You know, that, is, <laughs> that has been made by the MCU. And uh, Kevin Feige is the, is the producer who is, uh, you know, the, 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 the king of the Marvel cinematic universe, the king of Marvel studios. Um, and he comes to this uh, very authentically as a, as a huge fan of the material as a big comic book guy. Uh, as somebody who uh, is just, uh, you know, enamored with this type of storytelling uh, and with that leadership uh, and that that, you know, history of being a comic book fan who experienced these types of stories, the way that you're describing them, Kevin, having like the vision of being like, well, this really has never been done before. And maybe we'll be able to do it, but we'll never be able to. And like, maybe it'll fail, but we'll never know unless we take a swing and they take a swing by having that final scene in Iron Man with Samuel Jackson showing up as Nick Fury. And like, maybe if this movie hits, like it's actually going to work out and then Iron Man hits and it works out. Uh, and that's why we're able to talk about this stuff 12 years later. So, uh, it's, it's a, it's a huge tip of the cap 
to, to that guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, very, very much a big part of the reason why we are, uh, you know, really the reason why we are, we are talking about this stuff. Um, but yeah, I think, I think like there's things that the MCU has done, uh, that has revolutionized the industry for the better. Uh, some, some things that it's done that has done the opposite of that. Uh, and I, I think that there are, there are ways in which you could say like, sometimes the MCU movies are really cookie cutter and just like playing it safe. But they take big risks in a lot of ways that are, I think are very culturally meaningful as well. Um, they get away with some stuff that uh, I, I think like you can be pretty cynical about. Uh, but I have I have given the benefit of the doubt to because I know that it's it's largely coming from somebody who uh, really appreciates these characters so much and wants to take risks in a way that uh, that a lot of people at this level just have not done before. Uh, and we'll be able to like talk a little bit more about that risk taking, like the deeper we get into the Pantheon, um, like early on, it's really just like, uh, a bit of like setting up those dominoes of like, can we do this? Can we do this? And that's so exciting because like at the time it felt huge at the time of phase one, you know, from 2008 to, to it's, I think 2012 is when Avengers comes out, um, that it felt like, I don't know that this is going to work. And then, like, after Avengers worked, it was kind of like, all right, well, they could probably do almost anything. And then they did Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's like, okay, yeah, so they can do literally anything. Uh, and that, that like, sort of evolution of the MCU, I think, is going to be really fun to track here uh, week to week uh, as we're going from movie to movie uh, throughout the MCU. But I, I love these movies. I'm an apologist for them. Uh, I think, like, again, like, there's stuff that they do that's, like, very, uh, you know, easy with the action scenes. I'm I'm not going to stand here and be like, uh, you know, the action scenes in the MCU are like the best action scenes that have ever been committed to film. Uh, but they're all at least for the most part competent. Uh, and the, it's really like the character work and it's the casting. Um, probably like the casting is the thing that we really ought to emphasize. Uh, that is uh, that it's just like paramount um, in almost every really important major decision. Uh, the casting is just out of this world from Robert Downey Jr. to like, finding discovering chris hemsworth essentially uh who was you know a virtual unknown at the time other than how dare you he's captain kirk's father i was gonna say (laughs) but like like, that's basically it taking a chance on on robert downey jr taking a chance on ed norton who really pioneered the role of uh bruce banner and is such a near and dear uh player in our hearts here uh wait oh sorry i meant mark ruffalo uh yeah that happens later uh, it's weird that we're going to be talking about Ed Norton as the Hulk pretty soon. I'm kind of excited too because I. It's weird because all these memories like flood back to me about all this stuff. Um, just like talking through certain things, the casting. I remember talking to a lot of people about Chris Evans and how behind that casting I was. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it's interesting and it, it'll be fascinating to go back through a lot of this stuff. Uh, and uh, th- this was a uh, the great Torbjorn Fraser, friend of mine, friend of the podcast. Uh, when I was telling him that we were going to be doing this podcast, he said like really important to shout out Sarah Finn, who's the casting director, uh, who has cast just about everybody in the MCU, with the exception of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is the big exception, and it's really no wonder that you only see one of those actors uh, recurring. Uh, in later MCU films. And even then, uh, when, when we were seeing, uh, uh, General Ross showing back up, William Hurt, I think that that was a big surprise, uh, and a welcome one at that. Uh, so a lot of, uh, a lot of star players that hopefully we will be able to, to, uh, stop down and acknowledge along the way here as we're talking through all of this stuff. Let's get some MCU takes on the board, Kevin, to give people like a little bit of a sense of what we think about everything. Um, 
Do you, so you said favorite movie, Endgame, is, it would be your favorite from the MCU. Have you ranked the MCU films? Do you have like a tepid ranking of, uh, of the MCU offerings? Tepid probably, yes. Um, uh, I, I haven't really sat down and redone it. Um, it's so hard, but I would say uh, it's so hard to also count Endgame and Infinity War as two separate films. But Yeah, I mean, but you have to. They are they're totally yeah, separate films, though. They, they are. They're absolutely good. They're completely different films with different story arcs and different character work. Um, so, uh, I mean, those are up there for me for sure. Um, I would say after that, uh, we're going to have to hit Thor Ragnarok <laughs> uh-huh. without question. I love Thor Ragnarok. Um, Black Panther is up there for various, various reasons. I can't not put that in the top five. Um, and after that, it might have to be another one of the cap films. I, I go between civil war and winter soldier a lot. Um, I love both of them. Um, the, the nerd in me would have to go civil war because it was the first like, Oh man, look at all these characters together as the first intro to Spider-Man. So I think it, 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 those would end up being my top five at the moment. Um, as we go through, I'll probably be like, Oh no, but what about spider? Oh yeah. Right now, as I think about it though, what about Spider-Man homecoming? What about the guard guardians, right. you know, volume one? Um, it really is difficult to like pick, I think a solid top, like the good ones are good. And then I think it's way easier to be like, well, which ones are the bad ones? It's like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, yeah, sit down. Do you have five seconds? Yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in April of 2019, uh, I was, I was, uh, out at uh, a local bar with some friends, uh, where we play bocce every Sunday, or at least used to play bocce every Sunday. Uh, and I, uh, was getting into a conversation with everybody about uh, the MCU. Uh, Endgame was on the way. We were very close to Endgame at that time. We were all talking about what are the best movies in the MCU. And everybody started really talking over each other. And as often happens in these conversations, nobody wants my opinion on anything. Uh, (laughs) So I I got very quiet and I got into my phone and I started just writing it out. Uh, So I I unearthed this uh, in in the lead up here to our first Everything is Super episode. Um, so I've, I've got it in front of me. It doesn't include Endgame and it doesn't include Far From Home because I didn't see either of those movies at the time. Um, but this was my ranking as of April 2019. This is very exciting. From worst to first. And I'm not going to stop down. I'm just going to read it and then you can react, Kevin. You ready? Here we go. Uh, worst, Thor The Dark World. Then, <laughs> then Iron Man 2. Then the, yep. in, then the Incredible Hulk. Then Thor The First. Then Doctor Strange, then mm. Iron Man three, then mm. Ant Man, then Avengers: Age of Ultron, then Ant Man two, then Guardians of the Galaxy two, then Captain and Marvel, Homecoming, Spider Man Homecoming, then Captain America: Civil War, then Captain America: The First Avenger, then Thor Ragnarok, then Guardians of the Galaxy, then Black Panther, Top Four, Captain America: Winter Soldier, Original Iron Man, Original Avengers, and then Infinity War was sitting at the top. That was my ranking as of April 2019. And my expectation is that that is going to change maybe in dramatic ways as we chart forward uh, with our MCU deep dive, because we're going to rank these movies as we go, Kevin. I'm I'm down for that. Again, the bottom seems right. (laughs) I think I think we start diverging as people (laughs) when you start listing um, 
um, uh, crap, I'm blanking on, um, oh, Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 being below, like, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard Iron Man 3. I like I don't Iron say, Man 3. I don't want to say apologist. I think it's a great film. I, I think it's a, I should stress that I like most of these movies quite a bit. It's you know? true. It's true. We're like the, again, the, the 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 ones we don't like that we can all agree. Yeah. Um, but they're all they're all really good. But I I do love Iron Man three. I might again we we might change our opinions as we go because I haven't seen these in a long time. I might say Iron Man three is my favorite Iron Man. Um, but we'll have to we'll have to analyze that as it happens. But I I I, I agree with a lot of your rankings. I'm glad you put the Cap movies up there because I think out of the 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 big three. The three cat films far outweigh the uh, Iron Man and Thor films. I think they are they are fantastic. I love 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 Captain America: First Avenger. Joe Johnston, who did uh, the Rocketeer, amongst many other movies, I really like. Um, did that movie, and I think he did a phenomenal job. So uh, I don't hate your rankings, but I dislike parts of it. Sure, so do I. I don't I don't I don't stand behind it. It's just something that I farted out at a bar and then showed my <laughs> friends and then they stopped looking at me still because they didn't want to talk to me. Uh, yeah, it makes me bad. I feel like I should have done my ranking now before we uh before we started here so i can know well, where can, i'm gonna change you can still do it before we watch iron man and uh like i say we're, we're, we're gonna be doing rankings along the way even though they are arbitrary and reductive as stephen fishback would say uh <laughs> but this this is this is how we're gonna do it we're gonna do it very similarly to how we do episode rankings on lost down the hatch which is our lost rewatch podcast here with mike bloom and myself on post show recaps every week we give a score uh of each episode i give a score mike gives a score the audience writes into us and give their scores of the episode. We average the audience's score as a third data point. And then we average the, the two hosts plus the, the audience average for a fourth and final data point uh, that helps to, to give us the episode ranking. We're going to do something very similar here on Everything is Super. Uh, you ready? This is how it's going to go down. Kevin, there are, uh, there are six Infinity Stones. <laughs> yes. Correct? All right. Yes. So, so here's what we want. From a scale of one to six, where does the movie rank for you? Just give us a score for each movie as we go. I will give a score next week of Iron Man on a scale from one to six. You can bust out the decimal points if you'd like. Totally fine. Kevin will do the same for Iron Man. And then we want you, dear listener, true believers, to be writing into us as well. Super at postshowrecaps.com. That's our email address. Super at postshowrecaps. Dot com. Also, you can send to our feedback form, postshowrecaps.com slash feedback with your score for Iron Man on a scale of one to six. Again, decimal points, totally allowable. Uh, we will average the audience score. We will, we will average that with my score and Kevin's score. And that will give us the official everything is super ranking of the movie in question. Uh, and we will be updating that as we go here. You can, you, no rush. You got time. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Endgame if we get that far. Certainly, we'll get to Avengers proper at the end of Phase One, and we'll be able to have rankings. Uh, but you can send us that stuff. You can revise it as you go, and we will give the updated rankings as we go through the movies. And by the end of this, you and I will probably have our own uh, separate rankings, Kevin. Very scientifically arranged, as we will science bro our way through it, much like uh, Tony and Bruce. Uh, and we will also have what the community that we're building here thinks of each movie. 
so so that's something that we're doing. I'd like to. There's probably other things we can rank as well. Like maybe we can do villain rankings or something like that. We should fun. absolutely do a villain rankings. This is gonna be funny because at the beginning there's gonna be a lot of ones at the bottom, yeah. but uh, eventually we're gonna hit a point where the villain rankings turn. All right, so maybe we, we can talk about doing villain rankings, movie rankings. If you've got ideas for other things you want us to track uh, on this system, we're very uh, very open to it. Uh, so send us your ideas, super at postshowrecaps.com. You can also tweet at us at Rand Howard, at Kev Mahadeo. Um, Kevin, favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe character? Hero oh, Captain character. America. Wow, yeah. It's, I mean, and, it, and it, it's funny because it's not like, I want to be like, it's not because Superman, but it actually weirdly is because, and here comes uh, my first very hot take. Um, I think Captain America at the moment is a better example of what Superman should be than any, or than most of the versions of Superman that we've seen recently. Um, the only one that's come pretty close to me is uh, on the CW, the, the, the Supergirl herself and um, Tyler Hoechlin, who's playing Superman on there. But at the time, especially like, I think Captain America is, a phenomenal example of 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 how to do a character like superman proper justice um and truth and yeah. the american way uh chris evans is awesome i love that he's always my number one chris every time there's a debate about this it's always who's your favorite chris i'm like evans evans is the best chris <laughs> uh least favorite and let's let's keep it contained to main important characters is there anyone least who just favorite. doesn't doesn't hit for you uh is there anyone who they just they didn't quite get it for you I mean, my instinct is to say Hawkeye, but I'm trying to think beyond Hawkeye. And that's nothing, that's nothing on the actor, but it's just uh, it, the character in the oh, movie. No, you're, is a, you're of, a big Jeremy Renner stan. I know this about you. <laughs> That's not accurate. You, um, you used his app. You were, you were mute on all that. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that app thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't think off the top of my head someone where I'm just like, ah, except, I mean, kind of Hawkeye. I mean, there's a reason he doesn't have his own movie. I mean, he's going to have his own show, sure, but... Even then, um, I think I think I, that's that's what I'm going to go with for now until I'm I'm told otherwise. <laughs> um, is there is there like an underrated uh, favorite character for you? Like even if it's a supporting character or if it's just like what you felt is like a really inspired casting choice, um, like a character from the comic who you never expected to see on screen that like lights you up maybe in a way that doesn't quite light other people up, like just like hits your very specific Kevin Mahadeo funny bone. Uh, is there somebody who comes, uh, comes to mind for you on that? Funny bone might be the wrong word here. Cause it's not funny bone, but I will say the character that I, I don't think he's underrated. I think people, people really like this character, but the character that spoke to me a lot is, um, Eric Killmonger, um, from black Panther. I mean, he's, he's on the villain scale. Yes, but, um, we can get really into it, but I think he's one of the best done villains bar none, um, in the MCU. Um, I think Michael B. Jordan is a phenomenal actor and what he did with that character is great, but that character also spoke to me on a lot of, personal levels which we can delve into just because of my own view on the world and uh on things and and it, it, he is a big part of why i think black panther succeeds as a film but um yeah we can get deep instead i think that's one i actually it, it's a weird one to throw out just because he's on the bottom he's near the bottom of your list i i would say while doctor strange the movie is fine um i think both him as a character and uh, the ancient one really shown uh, shined in uh, both Infinity War and Endgame in a way that I did not expect. It, it curved ball me how good um, Doctor Strange was in, in Infinity War and Endgame. And the ancient one, despite a small appearance, I really, really liked Tilda Swinton in that role, especially in Endgame. Um, she had a small part, but I think she was great. I think those are two characters that did surprise me, and I can't really pinpoint exactly what it was, but I think they're underrated and um, worth a call out. 
What are your answers? You haven't given me none of these answers. Well, you didn't ask me, Kevin. <laughs> I'm asking you all the same questions. All right, well, who's who's your favorite? Who's your least? Okay, so favorite. Uh, it's it's going to be very boring if I say Captain America as well, even though it's probably my answer because I I love the I, I think I think what I would definitely say is that the Captain America movies as like the individual movies within the MCU uh, are my favorite. Um, and I think that that's apparent in my, in my rankings. And I have a close association, uh, with not the character, but, but the franchise that, uh, one of the by far and away up to that point and still to this day, um, biggest, uh, uh, opportunities of my career was I got to be on set for Captain America, the first Avenger. I remember that uh, in, in London. <laughs> and it was, I mean, unforgettable. Uh, and a few years later, uh, was on set for civil war too. So I have a lot of fondness for the cat movies and, and getting to see a little bit behind the curtain on how those movies were made. And we'll have some fun, sto- very fun story, uh, very, very fun Chris Evans story to share when we get to Captain America, the first adventure, uh, unforgettable in my life. I've written about it before, but it was literally, you know, about a decade or so ago. At this point. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm very excited to revisit that. Um, so I think I do have this a- attachment to him, but I, I really, uh, really love Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. Um, Great call. <laughs> I, and I really loved the evolution of that character over the course of uh, over the course of these um, these movies, uh, starting off as a mistake as Ed Norton. Uh, I, and I, I'm, I'm being a dick, but like I, I obviously I, I prefer the Mark Ruffalo version. Actually, my memory of The Incredible Hulk is I, I really actually kind of liked that movie. Will that hold revisiting it is I have not rewatched it in a very long time. So I'm, I'm interested to find out the answer. Um, but I, I love what they do, uh, like the evolution towards Smart Hulk, everything like that. Worth noting, I guess we just haven't like said it in plain English here. This is not uh, a podcast where we're not going to be able to uh, re- restrain from talking about like spoilers and overall <laughs> <Yeah>. impact. <laughs> like these are the most popular movies of our time. We are assuming that you have at least seen the MCU once, or that if you're going to be listening to this, you've heard the spoilers, or you don't care to hear the spoilers because we have to. We just have to talk about them in their totality. Otherwise, this is not interesting to me. Uh, so if you're like a first-run MCU uh, fan, this is not going to be a good podcast for you. Uh, and I'll make sure when we get to the top of uh, next week's podcast in the first few that we'll, we'll stress that so that you're not wandering in here by accident. And I'm also filibustering right now so that you have enough time to navigate away because I'm going to drop a massive spoiler on you in just a hot second here. Uh, and I'm literally going to give you like five, four, three, two. One, until I tell you that Iron Man's dead uh, and that Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> as Iron Man, if they don't cast him as Tony Stark, none of this happens. He's yep. like the, the quintessential example of perfect casting as far as the MCU goes. And I'm so excited, Kevin, that, yeah, the, the, the series continues on past the Infinity Saga and everything. We don't know what all that looks like yet. As you and I are recording this on March 31st, 2020, we don't know what the fate of Black Widow is right now. We don't know. We don't know. You know, there's well, she's dead. But we don't know the fate of the movie. Yes, she is dead. She's also she's, we don't know the fate of the movie, which was supposed to come out in early May, and uh, we believe uh, is has been delayed. And we don't know if there's going to be like a VOD plan for that, or if that's just going to be pushed pretty deep into the year. How does that impact things? Like uh, you know, some of the movies that are supposedly on the lineup um, uh, beyond that one. Uh, but we we do have a lot of character arcs that are resolved over the course of the Infinity Saga of everything leading through Endgame. And so as soon as next week, we get to really start sinking our teeth into that uh, with, with Tony Stark, who I think um, is just such a satisfying character arc for me that I'm really, really uh, like, that's probably my favorite. Um, 
I was going to say that's probably my favorite character arc, but I actually do still think it's Captain America. So I don't <laughs> want to. I don't want to just agree with you, but I love Captain America very, very much. I know a lot of people think he's boring. Uh, They're I wrong. Do not, I do not think he is boring. Uh, at least here, I'll just say Hawkeye. Yeah, because Hawkeye sucks. You know, Hawkeye sucks. He's an archer. He's got no business being there. Get out of here. Get out. Of who's here. your uh, Who's your unexpected? Uh, my unexpected. Okay. Um, my unexpected. Burr, 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 burr. Oh man, it's tough. Um, I think maybe, uh, uh, I don't know. know. You need to help me out. Throw out some characters here. Josh only likes the popular characters. Any of the guardians, any of the guardians. Yeah, no, I love the guardians. Maybe my hot take is like, I don't love guardians the way that everybody else does. Okay, uh, that is a hot take. I, I I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't get me wrong. I think it's great. I think it's super fun. But like, I don't lose my shit over Guardians of the Galaxy. And when Guardians of the Galaxy was getting delayed, Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy three was getting delayed. I didn't like. I wasn't like, you know, furious over it. Like, I would like to see them. I, I would love to see James Gunn. I, I think James Gunn has great style, uh, has great vision. Um, but I think that it's, you know, if it doesn't come back immediately that's that's all right like we can take some time it'll be fun when we get there um, and here comes josh the emails coming in hard at josh now <laughs> i know i'm excited to get to guardians of the galaxy i just think like maybe i don't love guardians of the galaxy the way that other people like love guardians of the galaxy the guardians uh, of the galaxy is definitely great uh but maybe within that how about this let's just keep it thematic um within the guardians of the galaxy uh and again since now we're just talking spoilers and it's totally cool to talk spoilers I can't wait to talk about Yondu. Uh, I was, I, I was going to say Michael uh, Roker is your answer, man. You're, I you're love, Michael Roker. <laughs> I love, I love Michael Roker. I, you know, he was great on the walking dead, obviously as Merle. Uh, I, but I, I love him, you know, mall rats. He's hysterical in mall rats. <laughs> yep. uh, I love him in cliffhanger, the Sylvester Stallone movie. It's a uh, phenomenal film. Cliffhanger is great. One of the greats, truly one of the greats. Uh, and, and I love oh is that what he oh god I don't want to spoil cliffhanger but that's heartbreaking deaths in it is it really really is what like this Frank is Frank do you're killing Frank I know this is like 25 years later for me and I'm still just like traumatized yeah. by that scene yeah, just to spoil it it's the helicopter pilot like the very benevolent like rescue pilot just like hops off the copter and they shoot him yeah yeah Poor Michael Rooker has to watch it's terrible it is. It's really. It's really gutting. That he really didn't deserve it. Uh, so I. But I. I love uh, the the whole idea of uh, he may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Like that yep. for Yondu. Uh, I know Guardians Two doesn't hit for everybody. Um, that really hit for me, and I. I. I, I definitely cried in the theater seeing that moment. Uh, so I guess like as far as like an unexpected favorite, yeah. I think Yandu's the man. I think Michael Rooker's the man. I think he's great. Uh, Nebula, maybe. Nebula is somebody who like really has become uh, a favorite of mine. Um, uh, in Endgame, I just thought she was spectacular. Another uh, great character arc. Uh, really, really great character arc. And on the list of my favorite villains, too. You, you mentioned Killmonger uh, is uh, you know one of your all-time faves. Uh, certainly up there for me because I love Michael B. Jordan. Um, but I think Nebula as like an antagonist who becomes an anti-hero, I think like they do a really, really good job of telling that story, especially once they start like baking time travel into it and you can kind of like revit, like base your past in, in ways like, but there was a lot of really clever storytelling with that. She is very much the Vegeta of this, uh, (laughs) the movies. (laughs) One of these days I'll do a full Dragon Ball, uh, uh, but 
it has not happened yet, but I'm I'm savvy enough to know who Vegeta is. Yeah, <laughs> some people got that reference. His power levels are are indeed off the charts. Uh, They're over nine thousand, my friend. Uh, um, those are Goku's power levels, not not Vegeta's. No, Vegeta's are not. He's just very surprised over the over nine thousand. Over nine thousand. Um, I, here's a question that uh, I, I feel I already know my answer to, but um, which is a character you identify with the most? But which is a character that you are the most? Uh, who is the character that I am the most versus the character who I identify with the most? Probably not many of them, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm just like a. I mean, like maybe. Um, oh God, you'll have to help. Uh, is his name Ned? Is Spider Man's best friend? Yes, <laughs> the guy in the guy in the chair. You're the guy in the chair. <laughs> the guy in the chair. I mean, that's what I hopefully am for you, uh, the listeners out here. Is like I'm making podcasts. I'm speaking in your ears. So maybe like Jarvis. <laughs> getting you through your workout hopefully, but not vision whatever it, is, whatever it is definitely not vision definitely not vision i'm like either one of tony stark's ais or i'm ned the guy in the chair uh who like i'm i'm down to be part of like the superhero shenanigans but i'm best served if i'm like not in the thick of the fight if i'm in the thick of the fight like I do think that uh, one of the things I'm discovering about myself right now is maybe I'm more courageous than I've given myself credit in the past. Like my answer has always been like, if you find yourself in an apocalyptic scenario, what will you do? And I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I'm gone. I'm out. Take me out immediately. Uh, And we're not in the apocalypse people. We're We're not, not, we're not, we're not not there yet, but we're having to like consider apocalyptic scenarios to some degree right now. And like my answer now is not like I'm out. Like my answer is like, all right, here's some attack plans. So like I feel like I uh, more courageous than I than I would give myself credit for in the past before I started getting into really serious therapy for my anxiety. Uh, but I would still say that I'm probably at my best as somebody who's uh, you know support. Like uh, my favorite way to video game is to have a friend who I'm playing video games with, and I'm their support guy. I don't like <laughs> to be the player. I like to watch. I like to point out things that they're not seeing. I like to have banter. That's my favorite thing. So I guess I would say uh, Ned is the one I relate to the most. uh, And I am also probably akin to a Ned or a Jarvis as I am your your audio accompaniment uh, in your own superhero adventures. How about you, though, Kevin? Who do you relate to the most? I guess you said Killmonger. Well, I mean, yes, to to an extent of of that type. I do relate to Killmonger a lot. In what way? um <laughs> his his view on society i guess and um and uh the things you know just sort of the things we need to do like i really uh when done right like i i, I very much like the magneto type character the killmonger type character and they're very similar in a lot of ways but i think there's a big difference i want to talk about when we get to black panther that's going to be relevant in that I do think there's something that was to be said that, you know, Black Panther, if I'm not mistaken, was written by Ryan Coogler as well. Um, and I think, you know, along with directing, and I think there comes something in that we're having a character like that represented by and written by and directed by a minority crew is very different than actually when that type of character is presented from another pers- perspective is what I will say um, to, to, to start off. But I, I would love to get into that deep dive when we get to Black Panther, if yeah, we get Black Panther and we survive that far. No, um, we'll survive. We'll survive. I, but in terms of, I'm optimistic. <laughs> in terms of stuff, what I will say, I, I feel like Ned is, is, is not bad, but you, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I can totally see you being a Peter Parker type, okay. but um, I do think as much as I would love to be like a Captain America type, I mean, it's, it's the Hulk. It's, it's the, <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> that the is Hulk. my you are constant the Hulk. problem. You I don't, the Hulk. 
I don't want to be, but I feel like that is that is me in a nutshell is just a person who's constantly angry. And I, just... Well, I have I have seen I have seen your own character evolution over the course of a decade and <laughs> change. And when I That's met true. you, you were like an uh, you were like a very proudly angry person. Like you were very like excited about how angry you were and you would make sure that everybody knew it. And like since then, like you have become much more of a like a rounded human being. Uh <laughs> Not not to besmirch your your body type. That is not what I'm saying. You're it's more, accurate. You're more, more, no, I've seen you. You're you're a fitness uh, fitness machine. Yeah, uh, you, have, you have great stories from your from your workout class. Uh, back. <laughs> uh, maybe one day we'll get into that. Uh, but you're you're much more uh, emotionally grounded uh, these days. But you are prone to to bursts of rage, and I can relate to that too. I think like if, uh, of like the mainstream heroes. Uh, of like the core Avengers, like if, if that's the question of like which Avenger do you relate to, like the core crew, uh, then I guess it would be either the Hulk or Hawkeye because I also feel relatively <laughs> useless. Uh, so, uh, so that that might that might apply. Yeah, that that does a sad thing when we all talk about so badly about Hawkeye, and then you're like, I guess I'm the Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I might be. Um, is there, uh, is there something that the MCU has achieved that has like astonished you that you're absolutely shocked that this happened, that as a comic book fan, uh, growing up and being excited about these movies, uh, you never would have expected to see. And it was either something you had dreamed about, or it was like so surprising that like, it wasn't even on your radar as far as something to dream about. Yeah, I, I I do. I mean, like we we talked already about the end game of it all, and like the the actual seeing comic books in real life in that way. So there is that. But the other one, I think honestly, it was a turning point in the in the MCU. It was a turning point in in my opinion. We've referenced this movie already, but it, it, Guardians of the Galaxy is is the one. I think our good old friend Brett White, I think it was him, tweeted it out the best. Many, many moons ago, yeah. uh, in a way that speaks exactly towards Marvel versus DC, uh, where his tweet, I believe, was DC is all uh, Wonder Woman is too confusing to do as a movie. And meanwhile, Marvel is like, here's a raccoon with a machine gun. Yeah, that's right. And, that's obviously before Wonder Woman was happening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that is 100%. I think that statement could be the thesis for everything to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Cinematic Universe. And I think that is so. That's the astonishing thing to me. That's something I know I would have never, ever, ever expected that there was going to be a blockbuster, popular movie that made like a billion dollars, and it had Rocket Raccoon and Groot and Star Lord. I mean, it's even if you go back, Josh. You know, we can talk about this next week. But like, we I do remember us talking about like at Wizard talking about the fact that. Iron Man is a character people now know. Yeah. Like that was at best Iron Man was maybe like maybe a B list at best C like or at worst C list character. It's funny because Mike Bloom and I on Down the Hatch actually talked about this very recently as of this recording because we were referencing something that Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse used to do on their Lost podcast that was running alongside the show. Uh, and there was there was an episode where they were talking about some of the behind the scenes mechanics of the show and they were like uh i guess they made a reference to to tony stark and uh damon lindelof had to like stop down to explain who tony stark <laughs> and iron man is uh 
because uh, he was not a household name. He wasn't. He was I not. Just the imagination. That is honestly, yeah, that's honestly one of the most astonishing things that they've done is that they've taken these characters because they essentially had at the time licensed out like their biggest character. Um, they licensed them out. It was Wolverine and Spider-Man was probably the biggest characters and they licensed them out and they just had other characters that they didn't know what to do with. And they, they managed to make people like the Hulk, people like, you know, Tony Stark, Iron Man is the best example for that because like Hulk had his own TV show, you know, cap people knew because he's Captain America, but they made Iron Man a household name. And that again, as a B list, C list character is, is astounding. Uh, meanwhile, most people could say there's Batman, right? And Superman, like, Beyond that, most people are not naming the other DC characters, which is a sad state of affairs. But right. um, I think that accomplishment is insane. It's like if if DC turned Booster Gold into a star and you're just like, holy crap, what an accomplishment. Yeah, I barely know what that means. But I exactly I, I do just barely know what that means. I think for me, the answer is probably Guardians of the Galaxy that once Guardians of the Galaxy was uh, as huge of a hit as it was that like it was such a hit that now the Tower of Terror is a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. <laughs> Uh, which is heartbreaking for me. I love Tower of Terror. Yeah, and, and, you know, this is one of the ways in which the success of the MCU maybe is not so good. Because uh, <laughs> it destroyed the Tower of Terror, and that's just iconic, and that's very sad. Uh, shout out to, to Albie. Remember when we went on the Tower of Terror? There's great. Oh, uh, yes, I do. Photographic <laughs> evidence of that. One of, one of, the, one of the great. There, there was like the kids that were in there too that were like, oh, God, everyone was there. <laughs> shit. It was really, really fun. Uh, but but I, I think, like, to give a, a different example, uh, I'll give two. Um, one is that uh, Marvel and Sony were able to strike a deal uh, to bring Spider-Man into the MCU, where it was like, well, you guys suck at this so bad and we're so <laughs> awesome at it that you may as well just join forces with us. And yeah, it's been a rocky road and we don't know entirely like how long that will last for the future. But um, at the time of this recording, that's still the case that uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man briefly left but is now uh uh still back in the mcu that's crazy there's no reason there should be that you know cross corporate synergy for something like this and i think that that really speaks to the muscle uh behind uh the mcu which is obviously you know because disney owns it now and that was not the case very at the very start of it so uh they're able to be more aggressive in a way that they weren't uh before um but maybe the other thing that is as surprising as anything uh for me it's the fact that I was able to be as uh, truly delightedly surprised as I was at Marvel's Comic-Con presentation just last year in 2019 when they announced movies that were going to be showing up in, uh, in the, the post-Infinity Saga universe. Uh, that Mahershala Ali comes out on stage and he's going to be freaking Blade. Uh, that they're going to make a Doctor Strange movie called uh, The Multiverse of Madness. That has me so excited. Like, I, like, anyone who knows me, anyone who knows me knows that I am obsessed with the idea of multiverse and multiverse theory and comic books of such. Uh, for DC, it's L words, but that was the one that I nearly like floored myself. But being it's like, it's like just crazy that like these movies have been so successful that they, they now know that like, well, we could come out with a movie that has as batshit insane a title as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And because we're a Marvel movie, we can expect to be like probably like, uh, you know, a billion dollar movie with that. Uh, <laughs> and so like anything that Marvel touches is going to have like make close to a billion dollars right now. And I think that there was a lot of people uh, who were very skeptical of the, the enduring prospects of the MCU. 
Uh, we are now 12 years past the point of its origin, and it is still going strong. And we don't know what the future holds, especially what is what is the future of the box office even is something that, you know, is worth considering right now. Um, you know, what is the feature, what is the future of, you know, theatrical release? These are huge question marks for us at this moment in our history that we don't know what these things are going to look like moving forward. Um, but there are a lot of offerings still on the slate. And if things were being what they were, you know, not terribly long ago, I would say there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, the next, you know, four or five MCU offerings we're going to be doing just as strong businesses as the as they've as they've been doing all along the way. Uh, so I'm, I think like the 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 shorter version of that is I'm surprised at how excited I still am about this this franchise that they you know stuck the landing as far as what they were going for with their uh, Infinity Saga arc. Um, but the fact that I'm like still really intrigued about like well what can you do now uh, <laughs> is pretty amazing. Yeah, like what's coming next and what they're doing with their integrated TV and film is going to be fascinating. Cause like that's the next evolution. I mean, they, they haven't, you know, stuff. yeah. Yeah. The Disney plus stuff, because now it, you know, like say what you will about the, the, the Netflix stuff and say what you will about agents of shield, but they weren't what is going to about to happen. You know, they, they were TV shows, but they weren't, um, you know, connected in a way that I think these movies or shows are going to be, um, which is going to be fascinating to behold. Like Marvel is doing something different again. When they, when they launched this stuff with this, the cinematic universe, which is the first we've ever really seen of something like this. Um, this is the next step of that it is, is an integrated TV and film universe where you're going to have to watch the show. So I think really get um, uh, what happens in the movies. And that wasn't the case before you didn't have to watch daredevil and, and the others you didn't have to watch Agents of the shield. But I think it's, it's going to change. And I'm really excited about the shows that they have for a possibility. I'm excited for them to announce an X-Men show because I feel like that's, that's the only way that this is going to go, but we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. All right. Uh, we got a lot of feedback when we teased on Twitter that we were going to be doing something like this. And by tease it, I mean, basically announced it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, let's go through a little bit of it. Uh, a lot of them are just like, uh, like jubilant reactions. Uh, <laughs> the great aforementioned Mike Bloom just tweeted us the, the Thor Ragnarok. Yes. When he sees what a great uh, moment, but he sees Hulk. Uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick gave us a dude from Star Lord. <laughs> uh, who, what else? We, uh, your friend and mine, the great Molly Shock, uh, said, please make this happen. I've been debating doing a full MCU rewatch. This would make it perfectly. Uh, uh, Janelle Castro sent us uh, a gif of Tom Holland pointing in our general direction saying, <laughs> love you. Uh, Ash Kohler, uh, posted a picture of, uh, Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Uh, on the helicarrier in captivity, smiling like a lunatic. Uh, <laughs> so that kind of adequately expresses how I'm feeling. Jace Ellsworth uh, sends us a gif of a uh, dancing baby Groot. Uh, yes. And uh, Logan Adair sent us uh, Joe Exotic of Tiger King taking off his glasses. <laughs> so I can't tell if that's uh, good or if that's a threat. A little bit of both, just the way Joe Exotic should be. <laughs> uh, it's hard, hard for me to know. Uh, hard for me to know, but a lot of people, uh, J uh, Jeff Fogliano, I'm absurdly excited about this. Melissa Elliott saying, just did my first watch through the MCU with my brother. Timing's perfect. Uh, so a lot of people who are just really excited and, and that makes us excited that you guys are as, uh, into this, uh, as, as we very much are. Um, we got some other like actual takes. If you want to go through like some, some hot takes or like if you've got any, any MCU takes, hit us up. Uh, let me, let me go through a few of these before we I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, you and my friend, Owen Craig, Kevin, you guys will have something in common. 
because uh, Owen Craig uh, not only believes that Iron Man 3 is the best Iron Man movie, but Owen says Iron Man 3 is the best Marvel movie. And, oh, wow. people, and people who hate it hate cinema. Um, I don't agree with the best Marvel movie, but there's a lot about what he said that I agree with. <laughs> you know, I think I think it's a great movie and I think it's great cinema. And yeah, the people who hate it hate um, might be might be uh, might be incorrect on that one. Uh, from Ben Taub, Age of Ultron is criminally underrated and Winter Soldier is a top five sequel of all time. Uh, I could agree with both of those. Um, I know people don't like Age of Ultron. I'm excited to rewatch it. When I first watched it, I loved it. So I'm excited for that debate. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. Do you disagree with that? No, I, I have Age, Age of Ultron was really low on my uh, my bar rankings uh, that I that I made uh, about a year ago. Yeah. The day. Um, but then I, I watched it afterwards. I remember in the lead up to to Endgame. And I liked it more than than I remembered. Um, and I, I would still put it, even if it's low in my rankings, I think that that's like relative because I generally mostly like all of these movies yeah. with a couple of exceptions, including this one, uh, evil Roy writes in Thor, the dark world is much closer to okay than terrible. Um, no, nah. maybe, I don't know. I haven't watched it since I saw it the first time. I've not done that to myself. Uh, so we will have to do that to ourselves. Uh, we will have to. That's when we're going to lose everyone. They're going to be like, we can't listen to this. <laughs> uh, someone else said, uh, this is from Logan Adair. Uh, Logan said, uh, Thor The Dark World is good. Iron Man 3 is great and the best Iron Man movie. And it's not a take, but I hope Paul Rudd is doing okay right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Paul Rudd is doing okay as well. We need Paul Rudd. So take yeah. care of yourself, Paul Rudd. Yeah. Just shrink down to size, go into the quantum realm, come back in, you know, five years. We'll send a rat after you. We'll be yeah, fine. I hope things will be different. <laughs> Um, KX, uh, Rob as a fanboy on Twitter, uh, agrees with you, Kevin. Black Panther is one of those movies where you should root for the villain. Um, yeah, I don't think you disagree with that take. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not, yeah, and, and we can get into it. It's not necessarily rooting for the villain, but it's the stuff the villain stands for. Empathizing. Empathizing with the villain and ultimately the, the hero's reaction to it, I think, is really what sells that movie and makes it incredible. Brian Scally writes in Captain Marvel is going to get boring very fast if she continues <laughs> to be infinitely stronger than everyone else co-signed brian i do agree with that uh i can i can agree with it sort of i mean it always depends on how you handle that character that's a complaint people make about superman but i think there's ways that you could do it i do think if they make her completely overpowered the entire time it's problematic because i don't like silver age superman as much as i do the more modern interpretations of the character but yeah people who don't like the character i think uh as boring i think is incorrect you think it's incorrect uh randy guerrero not a hot take just says I love Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> for some people, that's a hot take. For some people really did not like that movie. <laughs> well, I didn't care for the movie, but I like Doctor Strange, the character. And I think I do. Batch is good, and I'm excited for the sequel. And I, I agree with you that I think that he was really fun in uh, the two Avengers movies. He was in. And uh, for people who like Doctor Strange, uh, Brian K. Vaughn's The Oath yeah, uh, is a phenomenal, movie. phenomenal yeah. Doctor Strange comic you should check out. 100%. Uh, I wish that, that was the movie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like yeah. the perfect Doctor Strange story. Uh, Doctor Strange, the Oath by Brian K. Vaughn, who's the uh, author of Why the Last Man and Saga. If you've heard of those comic books and if you haven't heard of those comic books, seek out those comic books. Seek out comic books. The comic yes. book industry needs you. It you needs are, it right now for sure. If you enjoy superhero movies, if you like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we're all stuck at home right now, uh, except for people who have, you know, essential employment and are having to go into work or because, uh, you know, work is making them come in. 
Um, otherwise, hopefully you're, you're, you're at home right now, given everything going on. Uh, perfect time to get into comics. Um, uh, Kevin and I are, are looking at each other on a video call right now. And uh, just to my left is my bookshelf filled with comic books. And just behind Kevin is his. Uh, <laughs> read comics. If, yes. you, if you like any of this stuff, and if you want comic book recommendations, Kevin, much more than me, is the guy to talk to. I strongly recommend you you reach out to Kevin. I think like if people write in either to Kevin specifically on Twitter at Kev Mahadeo, and if you were to tell uh, Kevin your like top five favorite movies or TV shows, I bet Kevin could guide <laughs> you towards a great comic book to read. Would you take on that say- challenge, Kevin? It's, that that is a hell of a challenge. It's gonna be the same five comics. I'm just gonna be like these are these are comics for everyone. You you guys are gonna like them. It's gonna be lock. It's gonna be lock and key yeah. saga. <laughs> like just if you like comics, read these. Yeah, yeah. So write into us. We'll we'll give you recommendations if you need. Um, but strongly recommended. There's a lot of great ways. Comicsology, just tons of ways to to get comics online. Um, you know, if you're looking for stuff even just beyond superhero stories, there's so so much. Uh, and as with so many things right now, um, you know, the world is uncertain right now. So many industries are uncertain. So many industries are, are hurting right now. Comics is no exception. Uh, your support of that stuff. Uh, it's the foundation. It's the backbone of why we're able to do this podcast because these are where the characters were born. And these are the, these are the places where in many respects, the characters are still thriving. In some respects, maybe not, depending on if you're like a run or not. Uh, but you want to keep these things in existence and you want to support this stuff. So uh wherever you can however you can uh get into that if you're not into that um all right kevin so we're gonna do iron man yes we're we're coming up on iron man is is round one here on everything is super uh we're gonna be we're gonna be watching we're gonna be watching and recording uh we're gonna be recording that podcast we're recording on tuesdays is the plan so we're recording on tuesday april 7th so if people want to get their feedback in about iron man you have until April 7th. For now, I would say Twitter is probably your best bet as we're still working on the email address um, or the feedback form, postshowrecaps.com slash feedback. You can try the email address. And if you get a bounce back, uh, then you may want to uh, send it to us uh, another way. But that email address is super at postshowrecaps.com. We want your rating of Iron Man on a scale of one to six. Again, decimal points, totally cool, totally legit. Uh, what are your expectations heading into Iron Man, Kevin? Um, my expectations are, they're not high, but they're definitely up there. I mean, I, I, I fondly remember the movie. It's been a very, very, very long time since I've actually watched the original Iron Man, but there's things that stick out to me that, that, that still hold up. Obviously the ending scene, uh, Jeff Bridges is what I'm most excited for because I remember him being spectacular, uh, in this movie. So I'm, I'm really interested in, in observing this film and, and, and watching it after so long, knowing what the future is and seeing, uh, well, we can pull apart in there and like what what Marvel uh, learned from these early films, too, and how they've adapted over time. Cool. So we'll we'll talk about all of that first impressions of RDJ, uh, seeing like how much of this character was fully formed from the jump uh, versus like, what does he look like here uh, versus like the confidence in some later performances, I think, could be fun to. to yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we don't just want those movie rankings. Give us your villain rankings, too. We're going to be talking Obadiah Stane is the villain. Uh, yep. Just give us your Iron Monger takes. <laughs> on a scale of one to six, how does Iron Manger, uh, Iron Monger uh, rate for you? How does Obadiah Stane? How does Jeff Bridges? Where does he land for you? Uh, I'm surprised that uh, they never uh, found a way to like bring him back to life. Like as the, these movies have gone on, Jeff Bridges is so much fun. Right? He is great. I, it's interesting because I mean his his delivery of lines is spectacular in this film. Yeah. Um, 
but his uh it's weird because marvel had a thing i think uh especially if you look at early on they just kill their villains right um throughout the franchises uh so it is weird because so many villains who could have been great disappear early on before they realize you know like loki i think it's the first one where they're like oh my god people love this guy we got to keep bringing him back you know and they've sort of adapted since yeah um but it is interesting <laughs> all right so give us your villain rankings give us your iron man rankings uh of the, of the movie uh, write into us if you think that there's other fun stuff that we could rank along the way. We'll update next week on the podcast if that is the case. We'll be back next week. If you're subscribed to Post Show Recaps' main feed, you will get the next episode of Everything is Super, the Iron Man review recap episode. Um, but also that uh, specific feed is going to be up soon. So keep an eye out for that. Hit us up on the twits, on the tweets, on the Twitter bots. I'm at Round Howard. Kevin is at Kev Mahadeo, at Post Show Recaps as well. Uh, Kevin, anything else? Or are you just um, ready to ready to rock this thing? I'm very ready to, to rock this. Specifically, ready to rock this with uh, uh, "I Am Iron Man" <laughs> by uh, uh, Black Sabbath, which was the obvious song to be using in this upcoming film. So I'm very, I'm very pumped about this. This is the right thing to do. Uh, we hope everyone's staying safe. We hope everyone's staying sane. We hope that this is some good news in a in a time where there's not as much of that as we would like. Uh, hopefully you guys are as excited to to be along this ride as Kevin and I are. Uh, so hit us up. Get psyched. Iron Man coming your way next week. Until then, everybody take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.